welcome. Paul and I are talking sports. I'm Jason. That's Polly. How's it going, guys? And this is our first episode, so be gentle. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, so let's take a look. What happened this week, Polly, in sports? So we had uh, the British Open ended uh, yesterday, won by Colin Morikawa. Mor- Mor- thank you. <laughs> awesome, uh, awesome weather all weekend for it. They say it's probably the best weather that's uh, in the 150-year history of the Open. Amazing play all around. Quite the leaderboard. Uh, Justin Spieth gave it a go. Louis Eustacen, uh kind of fell apart in the back nine. And Colin took it. Uh, awesome, awesome putting all weekend. And just a great tournament, as it always is. Didn't Mickelson shoot like a 10 over on Thursday? Yes, he did. Yeah, he went home early. Yes, he did. <laughs> With Morikawa having won the... What was it, the Players' Championship last year? Or yeah. was it, you know... Yeah. That P- P- PGA. PGA Championship, thank you. Um, he's kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, he's got... Uh, bigger dudes, you know. He's got uh, the two majors, and uh, what's unique about it is both of them were his uh, first go-around at them, which is, uh, I believe, never, never happened before. Going two for two in your uh, first... Uh, I think I think he's played the Masters before. That was his pre- first PGA that he won last year, and then his first, the Open, as it's now known, British Open. Um, that was his first go around there too. So uh, kind of unique, and uh, yeah, twenty four years old, got two majors under his, under his belt already. Obviously, there's nothing certain in golf, but you would expect that he's gonna be on the scene for quite a few years here. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Golf, you can maintain. Uh, let's move on to the All-Star break. Yes. Uh, just ended this past week. Was it this past weekend, right? Uh, it was uh, Monday and Tuesday. Of right, this, this previous past week. week yeah. yeah, yeah. the All-Star game, uh, home run derby, was uh, everyone was excited about Shohei. He had a good showing. Uh, forget who he lost to. Philadelphia. Uh, well, he went out early anyway, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. lost to Mancini. I'm blanking right now. I apologize, guys. Um, anyway, uh, Shohei um, went into uh, the swing off um, after the one minute uh, bonus tie breaking round, was still tied, uh, had three swings, um, missed on his first one, um, and that was it. Pete Alonso, it was uh, quite the show. Pete Alonso won it back-to-back years. Last year, they didn't have one, but and he won in 19, and he put on quite the show. There was a time um, he had about a minute left in the round, and I think he was down. He needed nine, I believe, and he hit ten in a, or nine in a row to end it, and... <laughs> They, uh, every, every swing with just this, you could almost, uh, paint a box as to where the balls landed too. I mean, he wasn't spraying them. They were basically landing within a 10 foot box and <laughs> exaggeration, but right. I get um, you. I get you. So yeah, back to back, uh, champions, um, and just a fun showing. And then the, uh, all-star game won by the American league, um, Again. as yeah. They usually do. 
Our boy Corbin Burns gave up towering home run to uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Not his best showing, but uh, uh, Woodward came in and had a 1-2-3 inning. And just the... The, the the amount of young talent in baseball right now is pretty impressive. And as long as they don't mess it up this uh, winter with the collecting bu- collective bargaining uh, agreement that they're going to have to reach, baseball's in very good shape with the uh, talent, the young talent that they have right now. Yeah, that's I wouldn't disagree with that. Not at all. Brewers in particular, uh, their yes, pitching staff um, that. Their offense has come around. Their offense has come around. Um, they're, but their pitching, uh, especially the first couple months of the season, carried them. I think Bur- uh, Woodward or Woodruff is over, uh, I think he's a 1.4, I think, ERA. So he's over one now. But, again, just incredible. Um, at one point, all four Brewers started, starters were under – a two ERA, and this was about two months into the season, so this was not a small sample size. No, and yeah, their pitching has been tremendous. Um, Hater has g- gave up a couple home runs right before the All Star break, but uh, before that, he was, I believe, 30, 30 for thirty for uh, save opportunities, and yeah, they're on. Uh, I think. They're on pace for 98 now, but at one point they were on pace for 100 wins. Um, still on pace for their best record ever, and it's been a fun summer, and uh, it looks like they're going to be able to keep it going. So, Well, good for them, despite that uh, little slide at the end uh, for the All-Star break. Yeah, losing, uh, losing, losing, losing three out of four to Cincinnati, but we did come back and uh, take three against Cincinnati uh this weekend, so kind of uh, made up for it a little bit. So we are up to a seven-game lead in the division, and things are looking good. All right, so let's get to the real meat that's going on. Let's, this, do, this let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into this uh, last Game 5 NBA Finals. An incredible game. An incredible game. Suns jump out to that huge 16-point lead at uh, the end of the first quarter. It looks like the Suns fans are going to uh, carry them. And Bucks come out in the second quarter and just put a blitz on uh, to the tune of 43 points and got the lead at halftime and never really looked back from there. I mean... It did get well, dicey. At, yeah, it did get dicey not. at the end. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying that, but they never gave up the lead after that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, speaking of the Suns fans, did you see the guy that was counting off hundred dollar bills? I in the did stands? see that. Like, what was that even? Like, uh, did he? Uh, Take out twelve hundred bucks. Rich Rich Eisen um, was talking about that earlier today. They, uh, I forget the guest host he had on, but they were talking about that that same thing. Did he go to an ATM right before the game and pull out twelve hundred dollar bills? I mean, like if he's trying to be a baller, like okay, but you need to be like 
making it rain. One, exactly. two, three, four, five. Not, not, not care that like, Nick. If you're gonna do that, you do that not caring if you're gonna get that twelve hundred dollars back. Right? Yeah. What's the kind? Of, oh, I stopped here at the Suns game to before I went to go buy a used car. Yeah, like what is that? What is that? Why I don't know. Now everybody has your face, and you're you know now so yeah now they know you got twelve hundred bucks cash on you or however much it was. Yeah. Well, and then you had the Suns and Four guy um, from earlier this uh, postseason. I remember that. I don't. I don't remember exactly what happened, but uh, it was a fan. uh, I believe it was the Clippers series. No, that couldn't have been it. The Denver series, I think. I can't remember exactly, but they had a fan um, pu- uh, punch someone in the face in the stands oh, and then uh, said, uh, went on camera and said, uh, Sons in four, and got uh, his 15 minutes of uh, fame for it. Wow. Well, yeah. Well, that's not happening. No. Oh, God. There was also a guy in the stands that stood out. He had this, like, velvet. The- are you talking like, about the the uh, the balloon guy? The no, he had okay. like a velvet jack like sport coat on. It was like a burgundy. It didn't even look nice, and it was like a size too small. And it just he had this like really dark, short sculpted beard, but his hair was like bleach white. It, it, he just looked ridiculous. Like I don't. Oh, okay, I don't. I don't. There know, screaming I don't, at this. I don't know. It was I don't. I don't remember thing. that one. But there was also another. Uh, uh, Speaking of Suns fans, like Sun. they really come out when they. they like, wow. They, you know, they do. There was some eclectic folks out there. You know, good on them. I'm not trying to. And, make uh, fun of anybody. Yeah, just and like, let's let's hope. Uh, I just um, wonder. Well, you know, hope, <laughs> what's the story I, here? I mean. That, to be fair, they haven't been in the final since '93, and I'm sure they're. Uh, that's they're, true. They're, I mean, and they, they have do our, have an incredible fan base, and they're showing true. out. That's and true. And we have our dear district where we people do. get pissed we'll, we'll drunk ta- and we'll talk, mosh we'll, we'll all over each other. We'll get into that, I think, uh, a little bit after we finish up uh, Game Five here. But oh um, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, yeah kind of got a little. Sorry, you said there, Suns but, fans, and I just thought of those two dudes from. That I saw. On no, they 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 have like, they oh. have been they have been uh, been weird, but so it got got uh, got uh, dicey at the end there definitely, um, and then Drew Holiday happened. <laughs> I mean, he basically Chris or uh, Booker it was basically just turns into Holiday. Yep. Without following, rips the ball away, and comes up the court. At this point, there is under 24 seconds left, so you know you can dribble it out. I was screaming. Or get fouled, or go to the line. Oh, I was screaming. And I don't think Jason, you said you didn't see this yet, but, or I, I don't know if you did or not. But there's a uh, there's a slow motion about thirty second video out there floating around that is basically looking directly into Holiday's eyes as he's coming down the court, and you can see him looking at Giannis coming down, trailing him the entire way down, 
And this isn't in this one, but when Giannis raises his hand up for that second, you can see Holiday's eyes on him the whole time. And you can almost see him thinking, should I do this? Is this the right thing to do? Just for a split second. And then the the pass goes up. It's off target, but it's almost not. Because Holiday says afterward that he threw it up where only Giannis was able to put a hand on that ball. And Giannis does his Giannis thing, contorts, gets two hands on the ball, slams it down. It was an incredible play. It absolutely was a phenomenal play. Well, and not only that, then it wasn't over either. Because then Giannis misses his he free throw. He misses his free throw, yes. They get the rebound. Chris Middleton gets fouled. And then he misses his the first, first free one. throw. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding yes. me. Like, is this really happening? And then he made a second one and all was like normal again. There, There is so many things about that play that could have gone wrong. And then even after the Suns get the ball back, you're just thinking, like, just don't follow them. Whatever exactly. they want to do, just let them do it. Yep. But then there they are still out there defending them. And I'm like, guys, if they call you, even if it's for a ticky-tack foul, this game is no longer over. Yep. Yeah, oh, it was so anxiety-inducing. I it, it, it was, and at the same time, it was just so exhilarating. Because you had the ecstasy of the play itself, and then the realization that this game isn't over yet, and then everything you just laid out that happened, it worked out, and it was incredible, and it's, I mean, Holiday, what Holiday has done against Chris Paul, especially, and Booker too, but Chris Paul, especially in this series, has been special. I mean, he, he had a tremendous offensively game five, but... Everyone's been questioning why hasn't he been what they need him to be on offense. And my answer to that is look at what he's doing on the defensive end to Chris Paul. After game one, Chris Paul has been basically a non-factor in this series. I wouldn't go that far. Like... The, the stat, uh, I looked up some stats before game five, and the one that stood out to me, because up bef- the first four games of the series, Chris Paul is shooting 53%. Okay. I, I know it doesn't seem like that, but it's like, wow, that's pretty efficient. And then you look, he had 17 turnovers in the yeah, first four and games that's of the, the series. that's the key thing right there. Over four turn- turnovers a game. Like, And I get, like, you're a point guard, you have the ball, you're a distributor, you're going to get turnovers, but... You can't get that many turnovers right now. You can't do that. Well, and and most of those, like, 17, I I don't know how many he had in that first game. It wasn't many. It wasn't four. I think he had one in that first game. Yeah, exactly. So if he had one in the first game, he had over the next three games, he had 16 turnovers. Five a game, yeah. That's awful for a Hall of Fame point guard who, who... as you would say, deserves a ring. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't, but 
I also, I guess I kind of am if he can't win one. If he can't win one, then you don't deserve one. Like, yeah, you might deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. You might, great players deserve certain things, but I don't know that anyone necessarily, quote, deserves a ring unless they can win one. Exactly. You bring up a very good point. We were talking about this a little bit off air, and I said if... If Chris, if the Suns are playing anyone else besides the Bucks this series, I would be a one hundred thousand percent a Suns fan. But you bring up a very good point. You have to earn it. Monty Williams, after Game Four, uh, in his speech afterward, um, said, um, "We've been talking about this all year. Everything you want is on the other side of hard, and this is really." freaking hard <laughs> and it's true and if the bucks can take game six tomorrow night if they have to go back to phoenix for game seven if the suns can hold off and uh get back to phoenix no matter what happens they're going to have to have earned it and we can talk all we want about all the injuries and all the storylines from this. But there, these two teams have played five games in this series, a very evenly matched series. It's been awesome basketball. Obviously, my hope is that the Bucks, Bucks can close it out tomorrow night. But if the Suns can uh, take the next two and earn the title... Everyone, er, at the end of the day, everyone earns a title. Whether it's baseball, whether it's hockey, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's, you name it. Winning a title is not easy to do. And whoever wins this series is going to have earned that title. Yeah, it's true. As a team, you know, and all that. Yes, but your I think your point about Chris Paul was valid. I mean, it. I I believe he deserves a ring, and if he earns a ring, he will absolutely have validated to it. I'm not going to hand it to him on a silver platter, but Chris Paul, for whatever for whatever reason, I personally think he's more injured than he is saying, and he's never going to say it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but. If he can't get it, if he can't get it done, he can't get it done. If the team can't get it done, they can't get it done. If the Bucks don't take Game Six and go back to Phoenix, have to go back to Phoenix and lose Game Seven, they will not have earned it. You have to win yep. four games. And I, and I know injuries aside and everything, but I think the Sarich uh, injury. Phoenix is really hurting them because they it, don't it, have it anybody else inside anymore. So. No. Um, so let's take a look. Speaking of basketball, USA basketball, what are they up to? Um. So. Or down to, as, as uh, it were. <laughs> uh, Bradley Beal was announced uh, that he's not traveling, or he he's not going to the Olympics. Um, Zach Levine, it was announced today that uh, right before the flight took off, actually, that he was not um, going. Their hope is that he will join them later this week sometime, but the, uh, again, that is not a given. 
And then the 0-2 start in the uh, warm-up games was not a good sign. They got right against uh, Spain, looked great. I believe it was either Saturday or Sunday night. Had one uh, game canceled because of COVID against uh, Australia. And they're going into the... I would... I Obviously, you would still call them the favorites to bring them home the gold. But it's not going to be an easy road. It's... I, I think it's been proven that there's talent. There's basketball talent all over the world. And I think that a lot of that can be traced back to... The dream team in a lot of in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. a lot of that is international scouting. I mean, teams are going to every nook and cranny of the planet to find basketball talent, and it's 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 proven that the U.S. isn't going to just show up to one of these international competitions and cakewalk through to the gold medal. Well, then these other countries have good coaches now too exactly you know because they can get their coaches from anywhere so i'm sure i i don't know what the numbers are i i was hearing something that nigeria's i'm you know they're fresh and hot because they beat america and they beat uh argentina yeah but they i forget who exactly was they were saying they've got a good coach like somebody i had heard of i was like what that guy so it's not just that i think that i mean athleticism is exists everywhere right yes and i like what you're saying about the dream team makes a lot of sense uh, michael jordan in particular just i mean that the was globalization a... of basketball yes and once you mix interest with athleticism you create players basically so it was only a matter of time that once global once basketball became more global that more teams would be playing and oh it turns out uh tall fast people who can jump really high are all over the planet not just in america they just don't play basketball and if you go teach them to play basketball they're going to be really good like i don't know why anybody would be surprised i just love how it's like america's not they're not on top of the hill anymore like yeah that that yeah that makes sense actually yeah (laughs) you know but yeah, the Olympics in general, kind of a shit show. Uh, a, little, a little bit. <laughs> just a mess, really. And ever not just you've got the whole COVID thing, you've got people protesting it. it it's just Japan, J- the Japanese citizens do not want this to happen. No, no, they clearly don't. And I, it, it's it's going to happen because it's all about the Benjamins. Yeah. And the Japanese government would lose billions and billions of dollars if this does not happen. So it's it's going to happen, but with no fans, no spectators whatsoever, I don't believe. It's basically a television event at this point, which it, it kind of has been for a while, but it's going to be very glaring with no fans in the stands, and... I'm I'm sure that I'm sure the tele, I'm sure NBC is going to make this look amazing because they've got billions of dollars into this also. Well, they don't need spectators to make it look good. No, and that that's what I'm saying. They're going to do they're going to pull out all the stops to make it look good. Sure. Personally, I don't I don't I don't want 
I don't think this should happen, be happening. It seems ill-advised. It it's definitely seems ill-advised um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, one, one of the talking points is that they want to do this because it's going to hopefully bring some global unity in this terrible last year and a half that may or may not end for the United States. That's another question. But for the rest of the world, this is, this is going to be an issue for at least a few years. And anyway, I'm sidetracking. Sorry, I'm not going to get into all that right now. Well, it's and with the Olympics the way they are right now. It's hard not to, it's hard to, and that's something interesting. It's hard it, these situations where not just politics, but like serious current events start to intermesh with sports, it's kind of strange, right? Like I use sport personally, and I assume I'm not the only one, I use sports as a way to not have to think about that other crap. Yes. And here... Sometimes, you know, sports gets tangled up in that for good or for bad. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not here to say that people, you know, athletes should keep them as other, any of that crap. I I, I would never say that either. And sports is, has, sports and politics or world uh, affairs have always been intertwined in a sense. But to your point, um, it gets sticky. Yes. We watch sports for hopefully the purity of the competition. At least that's why that's why I watch sports. I mean, yes, you have your your favorite teams, your rooting teams, but all in all, it's about watching men and women compete athletically against each other, hopefully in a uh, pure way. And when you have everything that's going on right now mixed into this, and because of that, because the Japanese people do not want this to happen, that's going to be not the storyline, but intermingled with everything that's going to happen for the next 16 days starting Friday. There is going to be that background element of, should we be doing this? Is this the right thing to do at this moment? And I, th- I think that that more than anything is... My frustration with it, I guess, if you want to call it that, I guess, do you got anything to add to that? I I think the whole idea that, and and you're not wrong in saying this, that the the fact that the people of Japan, or not all of them, I I don't know what the percentage is. I think the figure is, I think, 70%. Yeah, let's say, you know, seventy if 70% of the people of Japan don't want this to happen, that being a backdrop and a side story to this is kind of not, it's kind of ass-backwards. It's not kind of, it is ass-backwards. It's, that should say a lot about the condition that's over there. And then you look back and you you see and hear all these things about how, uh, with Rio and how 
the they just should not have hosted an Olympics no. there. They were not an appropriate place to do it, and they did it anyway. And now we have derelict stadiums in a place that's already overpopulated and not enough places for people to live. Like, and the, 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 and to to your point, especially with Rio, the way that they treated their citizens in preparing for that was not great. We'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> That's one that you could <laughs> describe it as not great. You could mostly accurate, mostly accurately describe it that way. It's just, and we, you know, it's, we, we love to look, but we love to look back at it in retrospect and look like, oh, that was awful. And then four years later, we just do it again. Yeah. And maybe, you know, this, this, the pushback this time from the Japanese people is the, you know, gradual culmination of all this, not all this awareness that we have about the actual, you know, results of these Olympic games in a, civic sense yes uh, that now we now that we know all these things it's like hey quit knock knock it off don't do that plus you've got the the pandemic issue see uh. the, the, this brings up a larger point with the olympics that has been happening for a while what is what is the cost of doing this and my simple solution which i understand hosting the olympics on the surface, is a huge deal. It's an honor for your city or country, for the most part, on on the surface level we're talking about. Okay, the, the, yeah, all right. The, I the, see the damage that it does is undeniable. My simple solution for this that I have heard, London, Paris, and L.A., should just rotate the games from now on. For the simple fact that those three cities have proven that they can do it, they've done it multiple times, and the second and larger point is they have the infrastructure in place to host every competition there is in the Summer Olympics without having to dislocate populations, without having to have billions and billions of dollars in new construction that is going to be used once and never used again, a huge blot on your city. It's a simple solution, but I, I believe that might be the solution. You rotate it between Paris, London, and Los Angeles and be done with it. The, the larger conversation about should the... Olympics happen every four years. In ge- in general, I don't believe I don't agree with that. I don't subscribe to that. But it is out there in some areas. My pushback to that would obviously be a lot of these athletes that compete in the Olympics. This is their one chance in a sport like track and track and field or swimming, the archery go on and on and on and on down the list. This four-year event is their one, maybe their one chance 
to prove at the highest, highest level of their sport against the best in the world. And that should, that should not be taken away. The larger, the larger issue is I just solved it for you. <laughs> well, um, each of these sports has their own world championship, right? It's not like it's the only time they ever get to compete yes. on a global basis. It is not. I don't necessarily see the need, the necessity to have one city host the Olympics. Why not have... Why not have different sports in different cities every four years? You can still do it every four years. You can do it every year if you wanted to. But, like, yeah, soccer is in L.A. this year. And, you know, badminton and, you know, like you would obviously the smaller sports you could group together. Yes. You know, but you could just have three cities host it. And each classification, like gymnastics, is all in one spot. And field sports are all in another spot and pool sports are all in Miami, you know, or whatever. I think the, there's, you can get creative with it. You don't need to just stick to one city because clearly beyond those three cities in the, on the planet, because they already have enough stadiums to do it. Other than those three cities, there's no other cities that it's not damaging when it when it's there, why do then so, why even do it? You know why even do it that so, way? We so, clearly need to look at it differently. So you're saying if you you could split it up that way, I I I agree I agree with you in a sense. I think the the pushback to that would be, I guess what I was saying before about the the historic, not so much the last I guess twenty years or so maybe. But the prestige of hosting the Olympics is a real thing. It is not. It's something the IOC just maintains. It's money. It's all okay, money. Okay, yeah, you, you can make that argument. You, know, you can make that argument. If it was all about prestige, L.A., Paris, and London would be the only cities that ever hosted it. No, You wouldn't have, like... Uh, Support well, Sapporo's Winter Olympics are a little different because only so many cities can actually hold. Yeah, them. but Atlanta, you know, Atlanta is a fine city and all that, but it's no L.A. Why no. did it? If it was really prestige, L.A. would get it over Atlanta. You know, I I guess I there wouldn't. It's if there's bidding, it's not about prestige. It's about the money. You, okay, you are... You, are, <laughs> you know, you, I would you like are, to agree. And you're, that's the that's the front, you know, is that it's a prestigious thing to do. And we hosted the Olympics in 1996. Yeah, I get that. But that's just the perception. That's when, for me, when the perception is no longer reality. Like, that is... I Maybe some people think that... Those same people probably, like... I don't know, like they sentimental value. I was just going to say, I am probably arguing the, the romanticized version of the Olympics that I don't we, think, we all know does not exist I, anymore. I was just going to say, I don't think one, that exists I, I, anymore. I, I guess I'm saying at one point, I think it truly did matter. I mean, they had the, they had the Olympics in Germany 
in 1936. I, like, I, 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 I was, <laughs> ju- I was just, I was just going to bring that up actually. A because of the the point I wanted to bring up and Berlin 36 especially yes, but those bit that they were awarded the Olympics before Hitler came to power. Sure, I I get it. That and actually no, you don't know. No, I don't get it. They could just as easily have been like, you know what, that Hitler guy, he's no good, and we're not going to host the Olympics there. Okay, but that. to be fair, until until Hitler invaded Poland. I think people knew, people knew what he was. He didn't show it openly. I mean, when he... Uh, I don't know if that's I, true either. I, I, he, okay. Yes, what he was doing... Politically, for, he was very, What he was doing to the Jewish population, even during, even during the Olympics. He hit it... I don't, I, don't think you can defend this. I, 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 okay. <laughs> I, I'm just going to give... Okay. I guess my 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 larger point I was going to kind of bring up. So you you think about the Mexico City Olympics in '68 with uh, with the uh, the fist raise. Um, you think of the uh, the Munich '72 Olympics with the terrorist attack, the Atlanta Olympics with the bombing, 2004 Greece Olympics with all the security. Uh, I don't want to say failures, but it wasn't good from what I remember looking back yeah, it, at it. It wasn't great. It wasn't um, great. And I guess, I guess we're kind of arguing a circular point here that I would argue that the Olympics are still necessary. But when you look back, there's been ter- some terrible things that have been associated with the Olympics. Outside, obviously outside, well... I guess cheating scandals have happened for sure. The 72 uh, U.S. men's team still got uh, robbed of the gold medal in in basketball. I think that was just a bad call. Well, it was three bad calls. You know, these things. (laughs) Um, But I guess semantics aside, (laughs) whatever you want to say. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I, 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 I guess... We had an Olympic conversation that I don't think either of us. Yeah, planned I guess on, I didn't really think it would that. go there. But yeah, any uh, any events you're looking forward to watching? Um, the the, the men's and women's uh, basketball. Well, besides uh, the basketball, um, obviously. The um, per- personally, I I love watching the opening ceremonies. The the events itself. Um, there's I I always like the swimming events, the track and field events. Um. I I, I, lo- I do enjoy watching the archery. Just to I, I guess turning on turning it on and uh, just watching random sporting event. I guess I I like watching just any kind of sporting event there is. I'll turn, no, I, I'll turn on anything. So. I get it. Just like to be able to how often it's only every four years. You, you know you can turn on the TV and just see what random. You know oh, yeah. this is the. What do they call it? Where they're I think it's a Winter Olympics one where they're on the skis and they're shooting stuff. I forget. Oh, uh, 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 um, yeah. Uh, the term escapes me. I know yeah, exactly what you're talking I, about. Like though. just wacky stuff yeah. like that. That's how C- I started curling. watching curling. Yeah. Exactly. I know. I know how curling works. Yeah. Now, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's more Olympics. We got Game 6 coming up tomorrow. Yes, uh, we do. That's um, going to be big. Uh, it's in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Do you have any predictions other than the Bucks winning? I think it, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't know if it's going to come down to the last minute. Not really, because especially the way the last three games especially have played out, it has been very unpredictable. So no, not really. Um, I think the I think Milwaukee's big three is gonna uh, show up. They're gonna get some bench support. The one thing I do th- do see is I do think Chris Paul is gonna have, if not a monster game, he's gonna have a really good game. And like we were saying before, he's not gonna go de- go out without swinging. So I guess that would be my one prediction is I think Chris Paul is going to have a really, really nice game tomorrow. I do think the Bucks are going to win. I think the crowd is going to be electric inside and outside. Um, the Bucks sent out a tweet earlier today that they're going to allow 65,000 fans into the Deer District for tomorrow's game. That seems insane. I don't think there's room for that. Um, I, they're going to expand it onto the streets, It's it sounds oh, like. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, why not, right? Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's the Bucks and Six, right? It, 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 this could happen. It, I... I think it's going to. And, and I guess I, I'd want to, you know, honestly, I, I really need to refresh myself on the origins of that. I remember it was Brandon Jennings, like, Bucks and Six against the Cavs or something. We'll talk about that next time. Yes. Next week we'll bring it up when we're hopefully celebrating a Bucks finals victory. Yes. Uh, I, I know I, my, no. my my brother is going to be down uh, in Milwaukee tomorrow. Um I'm I'm assuming they're he's probably going to be in the Deer District or in one of the many fine uh, fine drinking establishments around the area. He'll he'll be he'll be down there. Um, I'm sure I'll be texting with him throughout the game, and he'll let me know how wild it's gonna it's it is down there because I can only assume it's going to be a party of epic proportions before the game. And man, if the Bucks win. That party is not going to stop for a while. I hope it sure isn't. And I'm just, I'm not, the only prediction I'm making is I'm sticking with my prediction from before, which Bucks. I'm still right on. Bucks and six. I said they'd win. They'd lose the first two in Phoenix. And they'd win the next four. You that did. Was my you prediction. did. You did so call that before the series. Um, come on, make me a profit. Really, the the. I mean, if the Bucks just keep doing what they're doing, honestly, they're going to win the game. I, 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 I think so. I, I think the big. Diff- I think I think Phoenix is almost out of answers for, and the the obviously the one caveat is to that, we have seen the Bucks, not show up in these kind of games before. Mm. Hasn't necessarily happened this postseason, but there is always that nagging fear in the back of your head. But I, I do think. I do think they're going to take it tomorrow. I do truly believe they're going to take it tomorrow. I think that crowd is going to be beyond electric, and I, I think I think they've got it. I think what Phoenix needs to focus on, like Booker and Paul, are going to do theirs. Yes, like, Booker had that one crappy game, game two or whatever, game three, where yeah, it was game, game, game three, three, where he just shit the bed. Monty Williams took him out like halfway through the fourth quarter. He's like, just sit down. Yeah. We're, we're, we're done with this one. Yeah. 
But other than that, I mean, he's had two 40-point games, I think, in a row uh, in losses, which is a bummer, you know. And Chris Paul, you're probably right. Chris Paul's not going to just go down without a fight. But they're not, it's funny enough, they're not going to win them that game. They need their, what hasn't been happening is they need their role players to travel. They need Jay Crowder to hit five threes. They need Mikhail Bridges to hit those corner threes when they call on him. They need... Uh, although I guess Bridges has been okay, but uh, Cameron Payne needs to step it up. Uh, I, uh, not Aiden, having Saric right now is killing them. Aiton has to be a monster tomorrow. And that's another thing is Aiton can get 20 rebounds, but he's the only one rebounding. Yeah. Nobody else is going up there. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. I think they have a huge... Milwaukee has a huge advantage, and... They all I would say is, you've got your neck on or your foot on the throat. Don't let up. Yeah, you got to finish them off. You have to. You have to finish this. You have to. Fear the deer. Go bucks. Bucks and six. However you want to say it. Go bucks. And tomorrow, about ten thirty, most likely. Hopefully the whole state of Wisconsin will be partying like it hasn't since 1971. I'll be hoping the game's over so I can go to bed and get up in the morning. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Jason. That's Paulie. Good night, guys. Have a good one.